Kai a Kreusel. Hello and welcome to this special tribute episode of the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. The world of cricket was saddened and devastated to learn of the death of Australian cricketer Shane Warne on the 4th of March this year. We thought it would be fitting to give a particular Welsh tribute to this wonderful cricketer. So we've gathered together contributions from those that played against him or worked with him, those that watched him play and those that admired him from afar. The batting lineup for the episode is as follows. We open with Alan Wilkins, ex-professional cricketer with Glamorgan and Gloucestershire and sports broadcaster of over 30 years who has worked for the BBC, ITV, Eurosport, South African Broadcasting Corporation, Supersport, ESPN, Star Sports and Star Sports India. Next is Andrew Hignall, Glamorgan first 11 scorer since 1982, historian of cricket in Wales, author of a numerous number of books on the game and the heritage and educational coordinator at Glamorgan Cricket where he runs the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket. Darren Thomas, ex-Glamorgan cricketer and currently the Wales National County Head Coach. Adam Rosser, currently assistant head teacher with Brintair Comprehensive School in Bridgend and former club cricketer with South Wales Premier League club St Fagans. Amy Rees, ex-player and coach who is currently the head of Glamorgan's women's and girls' elite pathway. Phil Steele, former professional rugby player and teacher, broadcaster and one of Wales' most popular after-dinner speakers. Mark Wallace, ex-captain of Glamorgan County Cricket Club, ex-chairman of the Professional Cricketers Association and currently Glamorgan's Director of Cricket. Dean Koska, ex-Glamorgan County Cricketer and currently match referee with the England and Wales Cricket Board. Steve Watkin, former Glamorgan and England cricketer, currently second eleven and bowling coach with Glamorgan. David Morgan, OBE, former chairman of Glamorgan County Cricket Club and the England and Wales Cricket Board and president of the International Cricket Conference. And finally, Richard Thomas, Associate Professor at Swansea University and author of the wonderful cricketing book, Cricketing Lives, A Characterful History from Pitch to Page. How do you begin to talk about a cricketer who transcended just about every obstacle that was put in front of him and who was one of the greatest of all time? More than that, Shane Warne was an extraordinarily warm, giving and generous human being. I met him in the commentary box and the first impression that I had was that firstly he knew so much about the game. He talked about the game in such a way that he had this knowledge, this love, this passion for the game of cricket. And secondly, he made you welcome. He made you part of the conversation. It didn't matter that I I didn't play test cricket or ODI cricket for England. He included me in everything that he talked about because I played cricket. And I played decent cricket for Glamorgan and Gloucestershire. Shane Warne ensured that you were part of the conversation, that you were part of the discussion, that you were important because you were there. Let's not forget that Shane Warne was up there with Sir Gary Sobers, Sir Donald Bradman, Sir Leonard Hutton, Sir Jack Hobbs, and he was the one who was not. He was Shane Warne. I think it's very important to realise and to understand what Shane meant to so many people. Warney was a giver. 
because he loved the game, Warney was a human being who understood the frailties of life. Not all cricketers were as gifted as him. He knew that. He knew that he had something special, but he never made you feel small. He never made you feel that you were inferior. In fact, quite the opposite. Shane Warne always made you feel that you were his equal. And how wonderful a quality is that in a human being? I loved Shane Warne. I loved him for the fact that we shared commentary boxes, we shared time away from the commentary box. I loved him for his advice, and he gave me advice on a couple of things. I loved him for the fact that he never ranked people by who or what they were. Everyone was the same. And I don't think I've ever met anyone quite like him in my life. Never. I know people who knew Shane a lot better than me, and they went back a lot, a, a many more years than me. But for me, Shane Warne was a breath of fresh air. He was a very special person and the most extraordinary cricketer this game has ever seen. And at 52 years of age, to be gone, it's a very tough pill to swallow. Rest in peace, Shane. You were a very special person. Shane Warne played against Glamorgan on 13 occasions. Five were in first-class matches. Eight were in List A games. In total, he took 37 wickets at a cost of just 22 runs. His finest performance against Glamorgan came here at Sapphire Gardens in 2004, when he was actually captain of the Hampshire team, and Hampshire beat Glamorgan in a county championship match by nine wickets, with Shane Warne taking six for 65 in Glamorgan's second innings. That wasn't, though, his first appearance on Welsh soil. His first appearance came in 1993, when he made his first appearance with Australia, of course, the never to be forgotten, ball of the century against Mike Gatting. Well, on July the 31st, Glamorgan met Australia at the Knoll in Neath, and it was a game in which Matthew Maynard scored 100 before lunch. The following summer, Shane came back to actually uh, play against Welsh teams. This time he was based in Bristol, playing for the Bristol Imperial Club. And in a game at St Fagans, young all-rounder Adam Roster actually hit Shane for three sixes, one of which disappeared high over the uh, pavilion. Now, in 1999, the Australians were based here at Sapphire Gardens ahead of the Cricket World Cup. And whilst the Australians were based here, they, they played Glamorgan. And also, at the same time, a series of uh, masterclasses were held, coaching masterclasses with young children. And I don't know how many who attended that uh, event in 1999 went on to be leg spinners in club cricket here in Wales. But I do know that it was a very well attended event and it was something that people uh, looked back on uh, very favourably in subsequent years. Shane also uh, made sure that every autograph hunter had a copy of his signature. What he did was he lined everyone up, 
sat at a table by the club offices. Of, and I think it was for something like three quarters of an hour that uh, Shane stood there. Every grubby scrap of paper thrust in his direction, every autograph book, every other form of literature was signed. And I know at the end, all of the crowd burst into spontaneous applause. But it was absolutely wonderful that uh, Shane should uh, act in that way. In 2004, he was also involved uh, in a game, this time it was at the Aegeus Bowl, uh, Glamorgan's Championship game against Hampshire. Darren Thomas was playing actually as the nominated 12th man. Simon Jones was uh, surplus to England's requirements and was heading back from Old Trafford. And uh, Darren uh, was promoted up the batting order and proceeded to score a 109 ball hundred uh, reverse sweeping Shane I think if for if my memory serves me right for about six fours and up on the balcony at the uh, Aegeus Bowl was um, Shane's Australian uh, compatriot Matthew Elliott uh, he was at the time, uh, one of uh, Glamorgan's overseas players. And um, Shane was, uh, uh, as I say, as he was being swept to the boundary time and time again, reverse swept, I should say, by Darren. Matthew there was uh, shaking his head, and I know he turned to the person alongside him and said, Warney just doesn't know where to bowl next to Darren. Um, he's not used to a left-hander reverse sweeping him. Darren, having gone to the middle with Glamorgan on 74 for four, at the end of a remarkable day's play, Glamorgan with 257 for four. And of course, we mustn't forget that Shane was a truly remarkable man and quite right that he was one of Wisdom's five cricketers of the 20th century. And the game is obviously much uh, sadder as a result of his departure. Yeah, it was obviously a massive shock here and that Shane, um, Shane had passed away the other week. In terms of my memories of, of him as a cricketer, I think my first game against him was in 93 uh, when the Australians visited Neath years back when he was playing with the likes of Murph Hughes. And obviously high class, amazing bowler at the, uh, at the time. Uh, I think that was one of his first tours. I think Matthew got 100. And then my, my next my next memory of him was, was actually when he, when he played for Hampshire against us. And, you know, I think a, a massive, massive thing for me was uh, the amount of respect Shane had for, uh, for county cricket. Uh, he loved playing for Hampshire. Uh, he's that competitive with with the Hampshire badge on it on, on on his chest and and with his teammates. You know, he just that had that love for cricket. Uh, and the, my obviously my me- my memory uh, core core lines with the, the death of my grandfather actually. Uh, where when I was twelfth man down down in Hampshire, uh, I think it was Simon Jones that was I was playing for tested uh, for Test cricket uh, for England at the time, and he was left out of the starting eleven to come down to Hampshire to play in the county championship match. Uh, so Robert and John Derrick uh, had announced me as the 12th man, nor my grandfather uh, had passed away. And they promoted me up the order. So it, it was basically uh, my, my chance to shine with the bat at the current time. Uh, and Shane was bowling, obviously captain of Hampshire. And I was fortunate whether my grandfather was on my shoulder at the time uh, to, to, to get to get 100 in that match. But, but I always remember uh, the shine light for me was the, the way he played the game. He, he was so competitive uh, in everything he did. Uh, the, the, his, his moves, he was proactive with his moves as captain. Uh, and then 
the respect he showed for us after the game. You know, he, he I remember him him pulling back all all the players uh, from walking across the line to clap clap our boys off at the end of play because we 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 done okay with the bat. Uh, I remember him vividly doing that, uh, and then being the first one in the bar, then buying us a beer after after the game. So that was the mark of the man in my in my in my eyes. You know, he 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 had that competitive, and he was obviously world world class, the greatest ever uh, spinner to play the game. Uh, and he had such respect for for the game and wherever he played, whether it was Test cricket, whether it was uh, club cricket, whether it was county cricket, he had that amount of respect for the game. And it's it's a sore sore loss for for cricket, for his family, uh, and for the world of sport, really. Well, it was it was easy to remember the uh, the the first time. Um, I bumped into uh, Shane Warne was in t- the 25th of June 1994 remember it quite easily he came over he had his little plastic bag and I remember we were all waiting and watching and you know we were, we were behaving like we were uh, young children he borrowed kit off uh, about four or five different team mates uh, he had his Oakley sunglasses on he had his you know peroxide blonde hair he had his earring in and uh, all of a sudden you were aware that uh, super status and superstardom had arrived at St. Fagans from what I can recollect, they batted first. I think he batted four, and they they proceeded to score 133, which was uh, you know a little bit a little bit of a target we thought of within here. And then I remember Phil Mitchell's dad, um, who was working for the principality, he was the chair of the principality building society. There was a kind of an incentive that if you had chain one for six, then you'd get uh, you'd get ten pound. So as a student back in the day, that was uh, that was gold dust. So he opened the bowling, bowled about. 17, 18 overs. Um, I went out to bat at eight and was batting with Phil Williams and uh, asked the wicketkeeper, I said, look, you know, any any advice? And he says, uh, I haven't got a clue what he's doing either, so all the best. And uh, it was, uh, you know, that was the start of the of the story. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I scored 25, I think it was 25, not out. Um, managed to uh, luckily drag a couple of sixes um, onto the, the roof of the pavilion and yeah, ever since I've, I've dined out on that. But um, I think the, the most important part of the day that I can remember was, was what happened afterwards because it was more noticeable about how much time he had for like the young cricketers and the young, you know, the young players who were around the club um, in the evening. Like, I can remember, you know, they were sitting outside and lots of people trying to take sneaky photographs and but he had time for everyone and the fact that he was at St. Fagans and he, you know, he was uh, part of a very, very special day in the club's history and, you know, sadly, you know, since he's gone and uh, he's, you know, he's he's become a, a superhero um, as far as the world of cricket is concerned. But I think the most important thing is he's become a, a renowned for being a genuinely nice guy. We were certainly very aware of that at St. Fagans. He was, you know, he was somebody that you, you, you know, if you were within, within 20 feet of him, you were, you were aware of the order that he, he presented and the kind of uh, um, the personality and the person that he was, um, and that was when he was a you know he was a young cricketer and uh, you know he was he was already going to go on to bigger and better things. But uh, yeah, I was um, I was very fortunate and very lucky, and I still say that I was very lucky. And a couple of people have said you must have closed your eyes, but uh, it was just a, just a fantastic uh, day, and, I, and I'm very lucky to say that uh, I was part of one of the, the greatest days in St. Fagans Club history. The year after he played against us for Imperial, um, I had a phone call in school in Cavarter, um, off Sky Sports, and I thought, it's, you know, it's a standard, and I thought somebody was messing about and what have you, but they wanted me to go down to, St. to Sophia Gardens to do a, um, as, as they wanted to set up something similar again, I said, oh, look, you know, no thank you, but thank you. Um, and then 
they phoned back then a day, two days later, and I said, oh, look, I really don't want to. Yeah. But I said, look, is there any chance I can bring some of the pupils down, you know, and they can see them, because they were playing against, um, I've got a funny feeling they were playing against New Zealand in the World Cup at Sophia, okay. and um, we took them down, and um, we had some fantastic photographs, but there's a, there is a brilliant story about, um, at the end, we um, we took a couple of bits and bobs to say thank you. you know, so after they'd, walked, they'd done all their training, to be fair, he came straight over and he said, hi, I know you. We had a chat and I said, oh, look, I said, these are the you know, people from school. Um, and he said, right, give us 40 minutes. I'll be back with you straight away. He said, we'll get some photos and the, you know, the kids can have some autographs. Fabulous. So just as we were you know, trying to say thank you and you know, all the best and good luck tomorrow, um, I, I gave him one of the pupils our school colours tie and um, he said uh, I, he was like press play you know so I said to the pupils like, go on get, get over there now and uh, say thank you and be polite but keep it short and sharp because we want to get going you know and um, he said uh, oh here we are he said Shane he said a little um, appreciation and a thank you gift um, from all of us from Kavatha High School um, we'd like to say thank you and give you a, a school colours tie. So he's brilliant, you know. So Shane warned that I was like, no, let's get going, you know, before somebody says the wrong thing. And um, he said, uh, he said, oh, that's fantastic. He said, thank you for that. He said, I'll, I'll put it on now. And uh, he, he put the tie on with his, um, his, you know, the one day yellow shirt as it was in the back in the day with Australia written on the front. And I, just as I thought, like, we'd get going, you know, he said, uh, he said, oh, boys, he said, um, What's uh, what's the the relevance of you know of the school colours tie you know and I was like oh no oh please no and uh, one of the boys said oh he said that, that you have a school colours tie um, if you played uh, ten games for our school senior rugby team so I was like right okay that's brilliant now boys please before somebody says the wrong thing get on the bus and uh, just as we were turning around one of the boys he said uh, the thing is he's saying he says you don't realise how lucky you are. And he went, oh, well, that's that's quite interesting. He said, well, what, why is that? And he said, well, you've just been given one of our school colours ties. But he said, you haven't played once for our rugby team. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> so we tried to walk away. And uh, he's had a flat-out conversation with, uh, with the boys, you know, and it was, it was absolutely priceless, you know. And, uh, yeah, that, that I remember more vividly than the day that he played for Imperial, ironically. Actually, where where we are now in Neath was the first um, professional game I ever saw. Nineteen ninety three, Glamorgan played Australia here, and it was the first tour when Shane Warne was here. It was the first game of cricket I ever came to, like professional game, and I remember him fielding at third man, Shane Warne. He called me over the the barrier to get his autograph. I've still got the programme. I would say it's probably one of my most prized possessions. And my dad brought me on that first day and I was desperate to come for the second and third day. I still remember now. So my grandfather brought me um, for the other two days and I sat and watched the whole, the whole game. I loved it. That was probably when my real love for the game was like cemented, really, I think. He was probably my first favourite cricketer, you know, my, and the one I always thought, oh, he's brilliant, and that was obviously the tour when he bowled the Gatling ball, and, you know, when he, his career really took off, but so sad, really, because he was, people don't realise, I think, like, the influence he had on the game, and people say he made leg spin fun, and, like, cool, and 
people really wanted to do it and when he was involved in the game you knew something was going to happen he was a competitor and he played the game hard but yeah I think being at Neath and like when I came in today I can still remember at the other side of the ground jumping over the the barrier to to get his autograph and yeah I remember him and Merv Hughes then sitting on the outfield for ages signing autographs after the game and you just thought like this is really we probably didn't realise at the time how big stars they were playing at Neath. Shane Warne well what can you say about Shane Warne the thing that sticks in my mind about Shane Warne was that I played club cricket for well, 26 years from about 1976 to 2002. And uh, for the first 20 of those years, I barely faced a leg spinner. And then after about 1993, every team seemed to have a, a leg spinner and particularly youngsters as well. You know, they would be in their, in their teenage years mostly. So uh, that was the, the influence and the legacy that Shane Warne left on, on cricket, uh, certainly as I experienced it in South Wales. So uh, what a great legacy to have. Yeah, well, I, I guess my own experience of of Shane was you know, mainly mainly playing against him. He played a lot of cricket for Hampshire. Was obviously captain of Hampshire, and you know, very much part of that club for for quite a long period of time. You know, I, I played against against Sean Shane when he was you know, the best ball in the world, um, which you don't tend to get too much in in county cricket nowadays, sadly. But you know, I think every every game he he played in, he gave it his all, which was which is fantastic as well as a, a young player to be able to play against um, somebody like Shane, who was absolutely at the top of his game, was was great. Um, he played the game, you know, pretty hard as you'd, as you'd expect. But, you know, it was great to have been able to play against somebody who was who was that good and somebody who, of course, you know, transcended the game. And I think that's the amazing thing about, you know, what's what we've seen since Shane's untimely death is, actually the, the outpouring of emotion not just from within cricket but from all sectors of society as well you know I think if you walk down Cardiff High Street and pick somebody out and said you know who's Shane Warne most people would be able to tell you which kind of just shows you you don't get that with, with too many cricketers you know you're somebody who was clearly a larger than life um, personality for those who met him but also for those who, who didn't meet him as well and you know, people like that do, you know, immeasurable good for the game of cricket worldwide. Um, those people who can take cricket from being a sport which at times can be a little bit niche and make it mainstream through their force of personality and their ability on the field, you know, are very few and far between. So to have been able to have played against him quite a lot is obviously something which is, you know, a great memory of my of my career. Um, and I also had, you know, some... Uh, some dealings with him as well during the, the 100 campaign. Um, I got a role with, with Welsh Fire and obviously Shane had a role with, with London Spirit as head coach. And, you know, what I found amazing was I probably hadn't seen Shane Warne for, for 10 or so years before we got to the first um, 100 draft. Um, I happened to be checking in about the same time as him to the to the hotel and never at any point I think that he have any idea who I was or remember who I was. And he came straight to me and said, you know, hi, Wally, how are you? Um, which, you know, I'll be honest, I I, uh, I was a bit starstruck at the time thinking, you know, that's, um, you know, it's great that, that Shane Warne remembers my name, but I think he's probably, you know, looking back at the mark of, of the guy and, you know, the way that I guess he played his cricket as well, which was though he was a, a world superstar. Yeah, you know, I think everybody who we came across in the game, he obviously remembered them had a level of respect for them as obviously everybody who played against him had, you know, immeasurable respect for him too. So yeah, his, his ability on the field is, you know, absolutely 
and questionable, but I think the impact he's had on people off the field um, is huge as well. And I think will continue to be huge as well um, after his passing. So, you know, from a, a Welsh cricket from Morgan player's perspective, it's brilliant to have played against him and you know experienced how good he was on the field, but also I guess the way he tried to play the game off the field as well is is super important. Um, I'd love to say that I you know whacked him for a few sixes and scored a heap of runs against him, but um, I'm not I'm not sure that I did. Um, but luck to have been able to play on the same field is is absolutely great, and you know you just hope that you know for generations to come they they're still watching Jane Warne videos, which I'm sure they will be and. You know, seeing how good he how good he was as a cricketer, but also, you know, they'll inevitably hear stories about his his impact on the game. Yeah, well, obviously, the the, the Shane Warne um, passing was was a, a huge shock personally to me. Um, you know, growing up as a spin bowler and as a role model for me, Shane Warne was was the pinnacle. And in 1997, actually, I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with him when we played the Australians, when they were touring. Shane didn't play in that game, but it meant that I could, um, I could really pick his brains about spin bowling for, for a good hour, you know, post-match and during the game, because he was, he was always floating around signing autographs and everything. But the thing that struck me was just, just how, how passionate he was for the game, how passionate he was about spin bowling and how he wanted to try and, you know, let all his all his experience and skills out to other people to help them in order for them to improve, and and yeah, that that sort of forty five minutes to an hour was was like gold dust for me as a young cricketer, especially as a young cricketer for Glamorgan playing against the Australians, and that's what really came out when I was talking to him about field placings, what paces to bowl on certain surfaces, how do you work players out, you know, what about the mind games, you know, trying to trying to get one-upmanship on, on certain players. And all, all that kind of stuff was, was really, really interesting. And he, and he spoke really passionately about that. Moving on then, sort of early 2000s when he was playing for Hampshire, I had the, I had the pleasure of actually then playing against him. He was actually captain of Hampshire at the time. And, and I managed to play against him at Sophia Gardens and at the, the old Rose Bowl, as it was back then. And just the, the thing that's, that struck me was his is highly competitiveness, even in, you know, first-class championship cricket. I can only imagine what it would have been like in a test match environment. But the highly competitive nature of, of Shane was, I would say, probably 90, 90% of his, his, um, his armoury. Obviously, a very skillful leg spinner as well, obviously world-class. But um, his, his mind games, his mental, um, his mental ability to try and work you out was a real um, eye-opener for me. I think it was early 2000s, we were playing Hampshire at Cardiff and I was battling with Matthew Elliott, actually. Matthew Elliott was almost carrying his bat. I was battling, obviously, low down, 9-10. But Matthew Elliott and Shane Warne, obviously great friends, played a lot of cricket for Victoria together and obviously Australia. And they were almost having a sort of mini battle together. Um, and I was, I was kind of stood at the other end, just admiring, <laughs> obviously, Matthew Elliott, a fantastic left-handed Australian batter, but then playing against Shane Warne and the, and the battle I just thought to myself wow this is this is high end quality you know first class cricket both both obviously test players but I thought this is this is high level and just to be sort of part of that at the other end listening to their banter listening to how Matthew during the over or or after the over and we would come together and have a chat look um talking to me about how he how he wants to play him you know, what he was looking to do, what Shane was trying to do to try and get him out. So 
so they were really really key key learnings for me really lucky he'll go down as one of obviously the the best spin bowler probably ever ever to have played the game and um and I'm fortunate and lucky to to have had conversations with him and played against him a few times. So, um, yeah, um, you know, really humbled to have known him and I was lucky enough to come into his contact. I first came across Shane Warne in the 1993 series. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be picked for the, the last test of that series. Uh, England were 4-0 down at the time and uh, yeah, for, I had a good season. Uh, and I got picked for the last test. Uh, in, in any case, uh, I remember waiting to bat uh, and uh, getting some uh, some advice from some of the players who had played Shane before. Uh, they were talking about what look for his leg spinner, how to spot his googly, uh, and and or his top spinner, or or any anything else he could conjure up. Uh, in any case, uh, a wicket fell, and it was my turn to go up and bat. Uh, I I walked to the wicket. I think I faced. Uh, a couple of balls from Paul Rifle, uh, and then at the end of the over, Shane Warne w- w- was bowling. Uh, he came up to bowl his first ball to me. Um, uh, I was thinking about uh, all sorts of things, really. Uh, out to spot his googly, out to spot his 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 uh, his leg spinner. Uh, the ball came down to me. Uh, it was a full toss, and I left it. Uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a brain freeze. And the umpire gave me out, uh, and that's the the one and only ball I faced from Shane Wall, one in his career, and uh, I was one of his seven hundred odd wickets. Um, looking back, uh, <laughs> I guess it was it was a bit of an honour to to be one of those seven hundred odd wickets. Uh, I I did come across Shane Wall at another time. I, I during uh, the the next Australian tour, I believe, which uh, it was a game that I captained uh, Fugler Morgan. Uh, and it actually rained all day. We started the game. We were forty odd for two, and it rained. Uh, I, I, you know, I had a brief chat with uh, uh, Shane in, in the clubhouse, and uh, I, I can only remember he remembered the, the series that we played. I think it was four four years earlier. So I was kind of appreciative that you know I I, I literally only met him a, a couple of times, uh, but he he remembered uh, you know he remembered me, which was uh, which was a nice thing. Um, so I, I guess that sums up the bloke really. Uh, your time for everyone, and you know he did a lot of good work th- throughout his career, and not, not only on the cricket field but off the cricket field as well. And I'm sure he'll be sorely missed. We all know Shane Warne as one of the greatest cricketers of all time, but he was unusual. He was a very unusual cricketer, in that unlike many of his ilk, the most successful players, he absolutely loved to relate to cricket lovers, uh, wherever he might have met them. I remember, for example, walking down St. John's Wood Road from Lord's one evening, and he was trotting along and uh, being stopped by a host of people, and he had time for them, which is uh, unusual, but it was a joy to behold. Now, I have many memories of this very great player, But the one I want to share with you now remains vivid in my memory and will remain vivid in my memory until my dying day. I want to take you to Trent Bridge in late August 2005. It's the fourth test match and the series is 1-1 after three tests. England have enforced 
the follow-on. England had gone nine Ashes series without winning an Ashes series. Uh, there was quite a Welsh contingent in and around the England team. Geraint Jones and Simon Jones were in the team itself. Geraint getting a magnificent 85 in the first innings of the game and Simon bowling absolutely wonderfully, taking five for not very many in Australia's first innings. And then there was Duncan Fletcher, Matthew Maynard and Dean Conway all in very key roles with the England team. And of course, Hugh Morris was the senior executive from ECB responsible for cricket. England enforced the follow-on and were left to score 129 on what was a still good pitch at Trent Bridge. And at 32 for no wicket, we dreamt of a fairly straightforward victory and some celebration. But for the fifth over of the game, Ricky Ponting gave the ball to Shane Warne. When he came on in over number five, he absolutely wrought havoc. And in 13.5 overs, he took four wickets for 31. It was mesmerizing stuff. And it really did look as if England's victory, which was there to behold at 32 for no wicket, was going to drift away. But fortunately, Ashley Giles and Matthew Hogart batted away. And eventually, we won by three wickets. And history tells us that we drew the game at the Oval and we were in Buckingham Palace not long afterwards celebrating the 2005 Ashes. Coming back to Shane Warne, a very fine man, a truly great cricketer, and it was a pleasure to know him. So one of the things that you know I've been thinking about since the, the, the very sad death of Shane Warne is why would we as cricket fans who never met Shane Warne feel such a strong sense of personal loss. I personally felt very upset that day when I heard that he that he died. Um, in a way, perhaps never quite felt about any other sporting figure or celebrity, you know, before. Um, and why is that? I don't know. I mean, I never met him, never spoke to him, never really got anywhere near to him, apart from watching him bowl. I remember watching him in Sophia Gardens towards the end of his career when he was playing for for Hampshire and. Um, you know, I don't think he did incredibly amazing things in that game, but he was marshalling the players on the field. And I remember at the end of play, wandering over to the to the Mockingdee, which is the pub just just by Sophia Gardens there, and and sitting sitting outside in in the, in the evening sunshine, having a pint. And, and an hour or so later, you know, BMW goes past Shane Warne driving, and I'm thinking, well, he's quite a bit later than all the other players. He'd obviously been there signing autographs for the for the kids and. Many players have come out, haven't they? Many people have said how kind and generous he was with his time after play and how he had this endless patience for signing autographs and encouraging youngsters. Um, so that's as close as I ever got to him. I mean, there were times, I think, when I was listening to him as a commentator, I didn't always agree with him. You know, quite frustrating. He could be quite controversial sometimes, couldn't he, just to get a bit of a rise out of the people he'd be commentating with. but. For me, he has an incredibly special place. I think perhaps 
I was a little bit disillusioned with cricket at one stage, and I, I sort of I very feel quite disconnected from it for a while. And I remember, you know, in that sort of low period that I had, where I sort of lost a bit of interest, um, I remember looking at a scorecard, maybe in the newspaper, and I saw this this player worn. And to be honest, for a little while, I thought they just mil- misspelt. Steve War's name or, or Mark War's name. And I, I didn't even think it was a different player. I just thought it was a, a misspelling. And then obviously you get to understand and then you see him play on the television and then you think, well, hang on a minute. This is something we've not seen before. This He doesn't look like anything we've seen before. Now is he, is he bowling anything that we've seen before? And I think looking back, you know, to, to when Wisden chose their their five most you know greatest players of the 20th century he does bring something different to that group i mean the others were bradman hobbs vivian richards gary sobers all right gary sobers a man of many many parts greatest all-rounder ever um bradman hobbs viv richards these sort of huge incredible batsmen you know either measured by the complete weight of runs or the the, the kind of consistency that they've got or the excitement that they show at the wicket in, in, in the case of Viv Richards. But Shane Warne was bringing something brand new. We'd not seen this kind of leg spin before. I mean, leg spin was a, was a sort of, you know, a three for three for plenty kind of art, wasn't it? Where you give it lots of air and you buy a couple of wickets. Shane Warne was bowling sides out with this flat trajectory, with this ball on a string, hissing, spitting off the wicket. You know, he gave hope to people who were a bit rebellious, people who didn't look like cricketers, people who were kind of rock stars, the people like me, a little bit out of shape. You know, he gave hope to all of those people. He took a very dry art and made it sexy and he made it interesting. Um, and we've got the, that sort of bittersweet moment when you're an England fan and you're watching them flounder and you know that it's being set up for a fifth day where Shane Warne is going to bowl you out but you can't find any distress in that because you're going to see a master at work and and it's going to be a joy to behold so with all due respect to the Bradmans and the Sobers and the Vivian Richards and the Jack Hobbs for me he is the greatest player of the 20th century bar none. Many thanks to all those who have contributed to this episode. In Wales, it's traditional to say goodbye in song. So we're very honoured to have a recording from the Morriston Orpheus Choir singing the Welsh hymn Gwahodiad. The recording was made virtually during lockdown. Gwahodiad is roughly translated as invitation and the song is a much beloved song in Wales. Argoidd Damavi, Ardi Alwadi, Cana Fenaid Anagwaid a guide our Calvary. Lord, here I am at thy call. Wash my spirit in the blood which flowed on Calvary.
Oes gyda chi stori yw'r rhannu gyda ni? Mae'n croeswch i gysylltu. E-bosiwch mwcpod1921 at gmail.com Neu ewch i'n tudalen Facebook, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast. Neu i'n tudalen Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email mwcpod1921 at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.